Welcome to the Sales Lead Dog Podcast, hosted by CRM technology and sales process expert, Christopher Smith, talking with sales leaders that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Listen to find out how the best of the best achieve success with their team and CRM technology. And remember, unless you are the lead dog, the view never changes. Welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Today, I have joining me Dale Merrill, Managing Director of Sales Performance Practice at Franklin Covey. Dale, welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Thank you, Chris. Delighted to be here. So, Managing Director at Franklin Covey, that's terrific. And we want to talk about that a little bit. But what we're really here to talk about is your book, Strikingly Different Selling, Six Vital Skills to Stand Out and Sell More. Um, what's the idea behind, or what's the, the, the seed of the idea that launched this book? Yeah, this goes back many years ago where many of our clients came to us and said, we're struggling to get meetings or we're getting meetings, but they're not going anywhere. Or they'd say, we're just not winning enough. You know, can you guys help? And we, we coach people and work with people, salespeople all around the world and sales leaders and teams. And as we started looking at that, uh, we decided that there was nothing that was meaningful that had hit the sales world for like a decade. And so we, we kicked off a multi-year research project to figure out how can sellers stand out so they can actually uh, find a cherished place in the mind and heart of their clients and, and have it go somewhere. And so that kicked off the whole project. It started as a project on momentum. And as we did the research and it, and it morphed, it turned into something that we call strikingly different selling. Yeah. And one of the things that I want listeners to really understand with this book, this is not another fluff book about selling. Um, and that's my big takeaway from this book is there are some very actionable items in here, things that you can really use to help you get better. Can you talk about that? Sure. So we have found that there are a lot of blind spots in sellers out there. And one of the unique things that came about as we were doing this research is we were invited to work with several global technology organizations over a six year period. And we had a chance to watch more than 2,800 sales professionals, arguably some of the best in the world, highly compensated, should have been just amazing to watch, participate in almost 1,700 meetings. Of those, about 428 were oral, oral presentations. And we expected to see, wow, this is, this is amazing. After each interaction, we had a chance to ask both the selling team and the client how it went. So we went to the selling team, either an individual or a team of individuals, and we said, hey, how did that interaction go? As you might expect, Chris, they said, thumbs up. We nailed it. We did great. We did. We asked great questions. You know, the dialogue's going somewhere. We're in a good position to win. Then we went and talked to the clients. And these were all C-suite people. So think of chief executive officer, you know, chief financial officer, CTO, CDO, CMO, and so forth. And we asked them, how did the meeting go from your perspective? About 70% of the time, there was a long pause. And they said something like this. That meeting was a waste of my time. And they gave it a thumbs down. And we thought it was so remarkable that we could have literally thumbs up from, from one part of the meeting and thumbs down on the other. How could that possibly be? How could we have this big of a disconnect? 
And we were shot for the first 400 or so meetings, and then we got used to it. We realized this is what people are experiencing, clients are experiencing around the world every day. Lackluster meetings that don't go anywhere, that they're not focused on them. And so that was really insightful uh, because as we pressed back on the executives and we said, if it was really a waste of your time, why didn't you just end the meeting? Then they usually softened up and they said something like this. Okay, maybe it wasn't a waste of my time, but it just wasn't the dialogue I was wanting to have. And so we can unpack that if you'd like, but there's a lot of richness to that. And we started exploring what do clients want to see and hear. And through hundreds of hours of working with these clients around the world on virtually every continent, we came up with what you find in the book, which are these six vital skills. Things you can do to think differently and say and act differently that make an impact on clients. You know, and that I think we, whenever we're selling or engaging with anyone, we're, we want it to be positive. We want it to, you know, we want to feel good about what we did there. So I think it is really natural for people to to give the thumbs up, like, hey, that went really well. You know, I'm looking for those buy signs, and I got the buy signs. And yeah, but we're not mind readers, and unfortunately, not. <laughs> yeah, it'd be so much easier if we were, but probably not that great, honestly. If we were, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might True. come out of the meeting really depressed. Um, but you know, so the way you've got the book structured out, as you said, it's it's all around these six skills. Let's talk about skill number one capture attention with verbal billboards. What do you mean by verbal billboards? So uh, your listeners can imagine with you and me that you're driving down the road. Have you ever been driving down the road and you happen to look over on the side of the road and you notice something that really captures your attention? A billboard, either a visual message, you know, a visual, a picture or a few words and you go, wow, if you're like me, now I've become student of billboards. You know, I swerve and I'm until my wife says, hey, stay on the road, right? So the advertising industry has mastered the art of capturing our attention and planting a seed in our mind that, that tends to pop back up. We took that, a page from that industry, and we created something called sales billboards that are all intended to capture the attention of your client right off the bat. Whether you're trying to, and it works everywhere in the sales cycle. From the very end of the sales cycle, with your proposal or your orals presentation, how do you actually capture the attention of the person, which is the client or the team, the client executives or whoever the deciders are? How do you capture their attention and with your core message in such a way that they want to listen and engage further? So it works at the end of the sales cycle. It works in the middle of the sales cycle. And it works beautifully at the front part of the sales cycle to get a meeting for the first time, to start a meeting, right? And then to end the meeting so that you have momentum going forward. So it's all about your core message uh, about how do you capture attention and engage the client in a good way. Yeah, and I think that's a big struggle for a lot of companies. Um, you know, before I had 15 minutes before we started the session. So what I do, what everybody does, I'm going through my email and just I've got a, you know, backlog of several hundred unread emails that I'm trying to get through before the end of the day. So you've got a really, if you're engaging with me and trying to sell through email, you've got a very small window to get me to stop and read your email. Cause I've got I, my goals. I'm wanting to get through those hundred emails as quick as I can. No question. Right. So 
if, if knowing that, hey, that's my audience, that you know, if I'm trying to engage through this channel and I've got the sliver of a window to get their attention, how do I get, how do I do that? That's really hard. How do I do that? Yeah, so here's another stat that I'll show out, uh, that I'll share with you, is we worked with a firm called Primary Intelligence that does win-loss reviews globally. And um, I'm good friends with the CEO, and I said, hey, can we partner on this? And he said, sure. I said, I want to look over like an eight-year period at thousands of interactions between B2B you know, buyers and sellers. And this C and, and I have some particular questions on differentiating. So we designed the, the, the project, we dove into it. We looked at more than 14,500 interactions between B2B clients, the buyers and the sellers. 42% of the time, the buyers could not tell the difference between vendors. This is in the oral presentation. This is at the end of the sales cycle. So if you go to the front of the sales cycle, it's like 90% of the time, everybody looks and sounds the same. So with that in mind, we started really going into how can sellers really stand out wherever they're trying to stand out in a sales cycle. And there's a few secret nuggets that we, uh, when you read the book, we'll get into and I'll share a little bit here with you. You have to have contrast. Now, it's no surprise to any seller that you have to bring contrast. That's like a duh kind of a thing to say, right? The thing that's not duh is that most sellers try to pop contrast in a way that doesn't work with the client. So you have to define contrast the right way. And so we define that as being strikingly different. And there's three criteria, this, this, these three, and then I'll, I'll get back to the billboard part, how you apply it. You have to be relevant, distinct, and memorable. Relevant means focused on what matters most to the client, not to you as a seller, not to me as a seller, right? Distinct means show them something different and better from their perspective. Not necessarily about you and your solutions. Everybody talks about themselves and their company and their technology and their people and their processes. Stop it. It's not going to work. Focus on the client. And the final thing is make it memorable. Easy to share and hard to forget. So if you think of that relevant, distinct, and memorable and repeat it almost like a, a mantra or a song, kind of put an earworm in there, have you ever heard of that uh, song, the Baby Shark song, Chris? Any listeners? If you have children or grandchildren, you have heard Baby Shark. Baby Shark, do, 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 do. Oh, do, God, yeah. Shark. yeah. Yes. So I just put an earworm in your ear. Sorry about oh. that. <laughs> and it will be with you. So you have to, coming back to a billboard, your message has to be focused on the client with contrast. Right. And here's the golden, the secret nugget that pulls relevant, distinct, and memorable in. Use from two comparisons where from is the current state to is the desired future state and if you can get them the by when you can help them achieve that that would be a great thing but if you can contrast for the client with symptoms and emotions and outcomes what it looks like and feels like today in the current state with what it can be in the future by taking a different approach by using a different product or service you don't even have to mention the product or service by name in fact you shouldn't it should just be the outcomes. That magic puts something in our minds, and we don't know all the neuroscience behind it, but we studied this about 100,000 times now. Each of us paints in our mind vivid imagery and vivid um, feelings that associate the from going to the to. 
Almost all sales books out there and almost every marketing firm out there focuses on the two. Very rarely, if ever, do we see a contrast between the from and the two. It's simple, but it's not simplistic and it's powerful. And in a billboard, you're contrasting the from and the two uh, with the client, how they can go from this to that by a certain time period, and it's just magical for them. Oh, yeah. You think about the anyone selling exercise equipment in like infomercials, that's what it's all about. That, hey, you can look like this gorgeous model that we have on here just by spending 10 minutes a day, you know, squeezing your thighs together or whatever the heck it is. Right. Um, that's what they're selling the outcome. They're selling what this is, what the 2B, you know, this is what you could look like. Yeah, which is great. And if you really start paying attention to this, I can't look at any corporate website or look at any email. I have an email list of good and bad emails, and I have about 98% of all that I receive in the bad. Very rarely do I get in the good, except for our clients, of course, and they, they have the good, <laughs> and, and they're, they're winning. It's, it really is an amazing thing. Yeah, it really is. It, it, it amazes me, even with books like yours that are out there that can really help people and, and transform how they sell, how many bad sellers there are. And, and it's not that they're bad, but it's just their approach or whatever. Um, I was talking about this on a previous episode of the show where I, was, I had gotten in my car, I was heading to the airport, or I was in an Uber really, heading to the airport. So I had some downtime and my phone rang. Didn't know the number, but I'm like, you know, I'm gonna answer it. And, and it was someone trying to sell me. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's see how they do it. Because I love like your inbox or your, your bad. And I try to capture these as well yeah. and, and file them away. And this person just launched right into a selling. He's just pitched, didn't connect with me at all. It was just went right into his pitch. And I'm thinking to myself, like, opportunity lost. You know, you, you haven't done anything that I need. You're not even engaging with me at all. And then I would just, you know, I listened for a while and I'm like, hey, you know what? Not a right fit for me. Appreciate the call. See you later. And I moved yeah. on with my day. And I'm sure he moved on to whatever's next on his list. Right. And the unfortunate thing is, as you probably well know, that happens through the whole sales cycle. Yeah. That's why the global win rates in our research are 17% on average. Uh, across industries from $100,000 deals up to billion-dollar deals. Um, and we looked at about 20,000 different deals to, to reach that conclusion. When we talked with the clients, I'll give you one more tidbit here. This isn't in the book, so this is, this is some secret sauce for your, okay. your listeners here, right? We, we asked the client executives, what are sellers doing wrong? And they said three things. One, you talk too much, <laughs> right? Yep. And you, being salespeople, talk too much about yourself and your solutions and your technology and your people and all of the things like that, you're not focusing on me. Two, if you're not talking too much, you tend to flip to the other end of the spectrum and interrogate us. Right. And we don't like that. Right. Can you just listen to us and engage in a peer-to-peer -peer dialogue? Peer-to-peer. -peer. So if you're talking to the CEO, you're right here at the level of the CEO. You're not above them being arrogant. You're not beneath them being subservient. Uh, you're right there. And you don't have to have the same title or compensation or years of experience. You do have to bring thought leadership so that you can share something different and better to them. The third thing is they said, we can't tell anybody apart. Right. Our, we, we found this in our experiential research. 
uh, we saw it in spades, and then we, we found it in hard science when we looked at the data. 42% of the time, they can't, buyers can't tell any sellers apart. And so we said, well, how can you, how can sellers pop contrast? That's where we came up with the from and to comparison from the mouth of the, of the actual clients themselves. So imagine, I know this is a, I don't have a visual image here, but everybody think about wanting to buy an apple. Let's imagine you're in the market for apples and you want a different apple. And you go to one particular vendor and they have all these beautiful apples, but they're all red, okay? You go to another one, they're all green. What they're really looking for, let's say there's three apples, three competitors uh, trying to compete for your business, two are red and one's green. If green is what the client's in the market for, if that's relevant to them, clearly that's going to pop. And the way that we found that the apple pops is not just the color, but the taste and the texture and the smell and the experience of that. So with everything being equal, if you bring the concept of relevant, distinct, and memorable and apply that, you in your communication, you in the way that you connect and engage with the client, in the eyes of the client will pop as different and better. And that's how, as we really got into the research, how could you, if you're looking like everybody else, how do you step up if everything really is the same? It's in the experience and the engagement. It's the sellers who understand the needs of the buyer the best and then articulates that in a way that we would describe as relevant, distinct, and memorable. And so that's another secret nugget that you can apply. And, and we have a lot of examples in the book of really practical ways to do that. That makes the difference. Yeah, you know, I, I uh, years ago, I attended a, a sales training put on by one of the vendors we partner with. And the, the person said, hey, imagine you're selling eight by an eight and a half by 11 sheet of white copy paper. That's your business. And there's a ream of com competitors that are all the same as you. They're eight and a half by 11 piece of white copy paper. How do you stand out when you're all look the, to the to the people you're selling to? You all look the same, and so I've always imagined myself whenever I'm talking to someone, I'm that piece of white paper. How do I stand out? You know, and and so it's like it really is humbling when you look at yourself like that. That it's like you know, from their eyes, you're not any different. You might think you're the the greatest thing since sliced bread, but in their eyes, you're just eight and a half by 11 piece of white copy paper. Exactly. So, well, what's the answer, Chris? Did you find the answer? It, it's, it's a lot of what you said, that it's, it's the outcome. And th that was a big hook for me is when, I, I don't know where I got that from. I think I read in a book recently that buyers don't buy technology or they don't buy, you know, whatever, a service or whatever, they're buying an outcome. And if you don't understand what the outcome is they're looking for, you're not going to win that deal. And uh, it, but so much of it is, it takes so much more than just understanding that outcome. It's like you said, it's the texture, it's the smell, it's the feel of it. You got to get all that right as well. Yeah. If you think about this, that's what we've found uh, as well, is that when you think about relevant, distinct, and memorable, yeah. of those three are, or relevant is the most important by a factor of three. And that means you're doing what you just said, but match most to the client. And that's how you differentiate. Even if everything's the same, at least on the surface, I don't believe it, it ever is exactly the same, no, but if yeah. it were, 
you can pop the contrast that means something to the client by being relevant to them and articulating it in the words and phrases they use almost like you're part of their team. And if everything really is the same but that, then you'll look very different and feel very different to them. And you'll be able to, you know, jump into the lead position there. Yeah, you know, I've learned so much more from asking people why, why'd you guys pick us? You know, what, what, what was it about us that stood out? I've learned more from those conversations and being able to get their language, the phrasing that they use, and then parroting back that, that, that the way those C-level people were talking to me, parroting that back in my next deal. Um, that has resonated and helped me way more than anything else I was trying to create on my own. Yeah, one other thought that might be helpful here to, to add to what you mentioned, it's job to be done. What job is the client hiring your product or your service to do? For example, people don't go to Home Depot or Lowe's to buy a drill. They go to get something to help them make a hole, right? So if you're just focusing on the features and benefits of the drill, it's not going to be very compelling. But if you do a really good job helping them see how, what kind of a hole they need, how deep of a hole do they need? Is it through concrete? Is it through wood? Is it through you know, something else, they might not need a metal drill as the titanium bit. They might need a high pressure water thing to, right. to get the kind of precision they need. Right. And so it's just about thinking about the job to be done that the client is hiring you and your products and services to do. If that lens comes on, uh, for in the forefront, then you'll have a much higher likelihood of connecting. Yep. Uh, skill number two, um, we're not going to give them all away listeners. You got to buy the book, but Skill number two, uh, treat excitement with movie trailers. I love how you guys laid this out too, by the way. Um, yeah. Can you, can you, I know we're, I want to jump into the movie trailers, but how did you come up with this, this, you really made it easy to understand. How did you guys come up with this approach of how you structured your book? We listened to our clients. Love it. And then, and then we innovated. So yeah. the billboard concept came when we were watching a client executive express great frustration directly to the selling team saying, hey, folks, sum it up. You know, get, give it to me in a billboard, he said. Oh, I love said, that. Sold. You know, we like that. We yeah. like that concept. And that was in the context at the end of a meeting. Right. But we, we took it and you'll, you'll, as you read the book, you'll see different examples of how to do that. Yeah. For movie trailer, we decided to look around and do a Southwest Airlines approach. By that, I mean, if you know anything about Southwest Airlines, they've had a rough go the past few years. But if you go back 30 years ago, I used to do a lot of work with the airline industry. Southwest Airlines was the laughing stock of uh, the industry because the global airlines were saying, who's this fledgling little upstart company? You know, what do they know? Well, Southwest decided they're going to do two things really well. And I'll get back to movie trailer here quickly. He said, we want to be the most friendly airline on the planet. And we want to be the most on-time departure and arrival time airline on the planet in our regional hubs where we go. Well, did they go look at United Airlines and, and TWA, the others that have gotten, some that have gone out of business? No. They decided first, we're going to hire for personality and train technical. And second, they said, we're going to go to NASCAR and see how the pit crews actually take care of the cars quickly to get them back on the runway or onto the racetrack. And they did that same thing. What, so what we did as a Southwest approach, we decided to look around the world to see 
who has done the best job of all industries that we know of creating excitement in people? We looked, we poked it a lot, we came back to Hollywood. And we realized Hollywood has nailed it as far as getting us excited to watch a movie. And the movie trailer industry is an industry in and of itself. They have their own Academy Awards, they have their top 10 best movie trailers. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. So we went there and we said, what formula do these people use to build on the capture tension? We found it's a three-part formula. They capture tension quickly. Then they create excitement. They create interest and excitement by pulling you into the storyline with cinematography and beautiful music and splashing the actors' names and other things like that. Then they call us to action. So capture, create, call. So we went and borrowed a page from the movie industry um, on how you can do this in sales. So for a sales movie trailer, once you've captured the attention, you have to give them enough additional without going too far. It has to be in 90 seconds or less, we found to be able to move things forward. So we created this thing called the sales movie trailer. And we found that it's just absolutely brilliant and effective anywhere in the sales cycle again. Going to the front of the sales cycle, it's a great way to get a meeting. It's a great way to start a meeting. First 90 seconds, and then you kind of get into the agenda of the meeting and you, you understand and discover what's important to the client with respect to that. You can do it at the end of the, of the sales cycle um, if we have time, I can tell you stories about clients that have done this that's been so successful in your orals presentation. And, or, and so you can do it in writing, in an email, or you can do it verbally, um, and it works beautifully. Give us some, yeah, I'd love to hear some stories around that because I think it, it's hearing the concept, yeah, that's great, but how are people actually doing this? Yeah. We have, we have a client, it's a $600 million client, uh, annual revenue. Their goal was to go to a billion in three years. They engaged us last year to come in and help them to become strikingly different. And when we started looking at their proposals and their emails, everything, it was atrocious. It was a bunch of red apples, right? You can't tell anything apart. So we coached them. We installed all the skills of strikingly different and got them going. And this story is really a fun one. They were invited. So th by the way, these, this firm was constantly getting beaten by the big people, the big consulting firms around the world. And they were rarely invited to be in the top two or three finalists. We call it down select, you know, being down selected. They were not in that. They were usually in the first 10, then they never got down selected to three. So a month after we, we got them thinking the right way and working the right way, they were consistently being down selected to three. In this one example, this client uh, got them down to the top three and said, hey, we want you to come and present. So our client was really excited, and they told us, and, and they had used some of our language, and they said, what can we do on the proposal? We said, use all this stuff. Use a billboard, your core message, build that into a movie trailer, and, and then with a flashback, which we'll get to here with your credibility, build, do that. So they built the whole proposal around that, and then they got a call from the client, and they said, hey, we want you to come present at 3 o'clock on Memorial Day week. This is Memorial Day weekend. 3 o'clock on Friday before oh Memorial Day weekend, right? Yeah. yeah. And they said, what are we going to do? And so 30 people from our client wanted to participate in these orals. And the leader said, nope, it's going to be me and one other person. So they, that was good. They did the whole proposal in a strikingly different way with the movie trailer at the start. And they sent it over two days in advance. And they did it with not one PowerPoint slide. They did it with all microsites and cool little experiential things. Right. 
when it came time for their presentation, they stood up, uh, it was live, they stood up at 3 o'clock on Memorial, on the Friday before Memorial Day, and they said, hey, we know it's Memorial Day weekend. We can see all of you are heading out the door. And so we're going to give you a 30-minute presentation. Not, it was invited for two hours from 3 to 5. They said, we'll do it in 30 minutes. They did it in 29 minutes. They started with a movie trailer that had from two, you can go here. Our overall idea for you is that you client can go from X to Y within the next 12 months. And underneath that, we had, they had three from two subheadlines. You can go from this to this, this to this, this to this. They had some compelling stories they shared with that. And at the end of 29 minutes, they said, we're done and we're, we're happy to talk with you next week. We want you to get out the door to your uh, long weekend. The client stood up and said, wow, that was amazing. You just went from the number three position to the number one position. We'll get back to you next week. So next week they called. They had a big Q&A for an hour and a half. And uh, then they told them on Wednesday, because Monday was a holiday. They told them on Wednesday, you've won. And it was a significant piece of business that they would not have won had they not been crisp and concise using the movie trailer format, which by the way is an inductive way of thinking which means state your conclusion first. And then here's the conclusion. You can go from X to Y by a certain date. And it's because of this and this and this, as opposed to most sales presentations are come up with the deductive method because of this and this and this. Therefore, you'll get this conclusion. You'll notice the whole book is pretty much wrapped around inductive. The only time you would change that if it, is if the client doesn't want that. Right. So we have story after story, but I love that they won on Memorial Day, the Friday of Memorial Day. And they took a very different approach when all their their competitors came on that same Friday. You had the 9 to 11 spot. You had the 12 to 2 spot. And then they were supposed to be 3 to 5. Everybody else took the full two hours. They didn't. But it was so crisp and tight that they won. See, and that's what I love about that, too, is that it gets back to, like, give me the condense it down. I don't need a two-hour presentation if you know what you're talking about. If you have right. a, a clear message to convey, you don't need two hours, right? Yeah. Exactly. I hope not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so that, I mean, just the fact that you got them out of there and I, cause I, I imagine like, oh my God, who's the guy who scheduled this three to five on the Friday before Memorial Day. Thank you very much. But then to be that tuned in to say, Hey, look, we're going to come in so prepared. We're going to get you the heck out of here to where you really want to be, but we're going to leave you with something to think about, you know, that, that, you're getting what you wanted in 30 minutes versus two hours. Yeah. One more story on this yeah. client. They, they've, we have dozens of stories with many different clients. This is a fresh and recent one, so it's really fun. They wanted to go from 600 million to a billion. Um, they're making great in three years, right? We just got a note from them um, a couple of months ago where they said, we were so excited to let you know, we just want a $210 million deal. To do the math on $600 million company. Yeah. It was the biggest deal in their history. Yeah. They, would, they had never previously been down selected by applying the mindsets and skills of strikingly different selling. They, and they gave us full. They said, wow, we just want you to know this stuff works. They stood out as crisp and fresh to this client. They beat some big, huge global competitors and they won this $210 million deal. They're going to get to a billion dollars in about 15 months, not three years. Yeah. So they're, they're well on track to get that done. Oh yeah, that that's amazing, and, and and it really is. I truly believe it's one of the things I loved about your book is the title, is if you're not strikingly different in this marketplace, 
you're going to struggle. I mean, that's just the, the reality of the world we live in today because everybody has, well, I should say everybody has, but we're all trying the same ways. And, and like, oh my God, I, I, I'm, you know, we connected over LinkedIn. I connect with all my podcast guests over LinkedIn, but oh my God, the barrage of, 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 of messages I get over LinkedIn of people trying to sell to me is, and it's just ramped up over the last 18 months and, you know, a lot during COVID it's unreal and they're all doing it the exact same way and yeah. it doesn't work the way they're doing it. It's tough to stand out in a three second world. It really is. Unless you do something different and on the, you know, relevant, distinct and memorable, if I would invite your listeners to do anything, just emblazon that in your mind yeah. and get your head wrapped around it. On distinct, it's not enough to be different. We could, you could, we could put on an orange suit and light our hair on fire and run in circles, right. and that would be different, but it's not better. So right. it has to be different and better to the only judge and jury that matters, the client. Right. That means forget about yourself and start focusing on helping the client succeed. And one question, it's the ask the test that, that I invite clients to think about, Chris, is if you got compensated 100% purely based on the success of your client, would it change how you interact with them? Would it change the level of energy and creativity and innovation you bring to them? And the answer most of the time is, yeah, I'm not bringing my full A game all the time. We have a client that's literally 100% performance-based. They only get paid when their client has success with the thing that this client does. And when I contrasted how they conduct themselves and how they approach their clients versus so many other people out there, it became very clear night and day they were the green apple that the client was looking for in the sea of red apples that everybody else was. And it starts with your mindset, and then it gets into your message, and then your approach. And they're coming into the game like our, we're fully aligned with the outcome you want. We're, we're driving to that outcome you want because otherwise, you know, we've got skin in the game. Otherwise we're not going to get our outcome, which is, you know, we want to make payroll and, and, you know, get what we want out of it financially. But, you know, if you don't have that alignment and be able to demonstrate it, um, you know, that I love that they're willing to say, Hey, look, we, we are com as committed to this as you are. And if we don't make it, you don't pay us. Exactly. So you can imagine their clients love them because oh, yeah. it's always a win-win. It's, yeah. it's always a win-win. Yeah. So um, it's, it's a good example. Yeah, that's great. Um, we're coming up on our time here in Sales Lead Dogdale. I really appreciate you coming on here. The name of the book, Strikingly Different Selling, get it on Amazon. Um, this is one I really, I really like and, and highly recommend because I like things like anyone else. I want stuff, show me what I need to be doing. Just don't tell me the concept, but how do I actually implement it? That's what you're going to get out of this book. So if people want to reach out and connect with you, Dale, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, they can send me a compelling LinkedIn message. There you go. <laughs> so if you, my email is dale.merrill, M-E-R-R-I-L-L, at franklincovey.com. It's also, if you Google my name and strikingly different, you'll see me on LinkedIn. You can send me a, a note there and we can engage together. And that's probably the best way. Yeah, I love it. We'll have all that information on our show notes if you didn't capture that. Dale, thanks again for coming on Sales Lead Dog. Welcome to the pack.
Thank you very much. Have a great day. As we end this discussion on Sales Lead Dog, be sure to subscribe to catch all our episodes. On social media, follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Watch the videos on YouTube. And you can also find our episodes on our website at impellercrm.com forward slash sales lead dog. Sales lead dog is supported by Impeller CRM, delivering objectively better CRM for business, guaranteed.